We've been talking about being an overcomer. We want to talk about overcoming the lie of sickness. If you would turn your Bibles or your iPad or your phone or whatever you use, turn it to Isaiah 53. We're going to look at verse 3 through 5 in the beginning today. We're going to discuss what Jesus did by overcoming and taking sickness upon himself. But I want to say this to you. Some of you today are not sick. You're walking in divine health. To you, my goal is that your faith will rise to a level that God will use you to heal others today and use you the rest of your life in that same category. I want you to have faith, those that are not sick, to have faith. God heals, and he heals through his people. We are called the body of Christ. Keep that focus in your heart. In Isaiah 53, it's a Messianic Old Testament prophecy that speaks of Jesus or the coming of Jesus. And it says this, He is despised, speaking of Jesus, and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace, the word peace is shalom. It means total well-being. Our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I want you to focus now, and I want you to understand in Isaiah's prophecy and proclamation, all of this came true on the cross. This is the curse for blessing exchange that took place on the cross. Jesus was cursed on the tree, as Scripture says, the cross, so we could receive blessing from God. We deserved everything that Jesus got because of our sins and our rebellion against God we deserved what Isaiah spoke of that came upon Jesus. But Jesus took it so we could have everything we don't deserve. So what did we get? The answer is all the blessings of God's grace. Pastor Dan said it perfectly. That we live New Testament covenant of blessings, curses, have no place in the body of Christ. In Galatians 3, it speaks of this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
So this says that Jesus became a curse for you and me so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. So the question is, is what is the blessing of Abraham? It's found in Genesis 24, verse 1. The blessing of Abraham is, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The blessing of Abraham that comes upon you because you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is what comes upon you. It's all things. All blessings come upon you. Curse has no place. Disease has no place. Sickness has no place in the body of Christ. The struggle is that the body of Christ does not understand this. That the body of Christ lives their life in disagreement with the word. They live their life in disagreement with one another. Jesus didn't die so we can be kind of blessed. Jesus didn't die so we could be mostly blessed. Jesus died so we could be totally blessed. So the blessings of Abraham is the total blessing of God. That is what God said that Jesus exchanged all curse, took it upon himself so that you could have all blessing. So when it says in Isaiah, the chastisement for our uh, peace, shalom, let me explain. When the Jews say shalom to you, they are saying, may you be totally blessed. Blessing, watch this, and... It is an attitude. May you be blessed, but may you speak blessings over everyone you come in contact with. May you be a blessing to others around you. You see, when we begin to talk about the cross, when we begin to talk about not only the cross, but the birth of Jesus, what we find that it as we said in this series, it's really now no longer about us. It's about what we have to be able to give away to others. That you are a blessing. You are the body of Christ. The Bible, we, we said this a few weeks ago, the Bible tells us that we all are gifted. We all have different giftings and different abilities and and all the different things. Some have more, some have less. Not because God loves you more, God loves you less, but because that's the way God set it up so that the body of Christ can perfectly come together and minister to one another and everyone that they touch, speaking of the marketplace. Hmm. Jesus died so the blessing of Abraham could come to us. Now we spoke of an exchange. There was a sevenfold exchange that happened on the cross. Jesus took seven curses away from us so that seven blessings could come to us. And I'm going to show you what they are and the next couple weeks after this we will intertwine, we will interwove all of these together so that we will come together as a body of Christ, no longer <clears throat> just thinking about religious rote of anointing with oil or handkerchiefs or 
God says lay hands on the sick that they would recover. All these different areas that we begin to walk in faith and power in agreement together that we honor one another and we walk in this anointing together so that the power of God can take place. It is amazing to me how many of my peers are in disagreement with praying for the sick in the church body. Who even went to the same school I went to. Because the enemy hates it when the body of Christ comes in total agreement and begins to release the power of God. They took aprons and handkerchiefs from, from Paul. People take handkerchiefs from Bob. He prays over. We come in my office. We pray over them. He's anointed them with oil. And every time I speak now, I wear one of them. And if I don't wear a handkerchief and I'm dressing more casual in my coat, I will put it inside my coat. Because I believe in the agreement and the power of prayer of my brother, and I come in agreement with what God has told him through Scripture. Why? Because I honor my brother. Because I honor you. And when we can come in agreement, and we, we get to a place, and when I'm saying <clears throat> we, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, when we can start getting our minds and our hearts off of the songs, off of music, off of all the different things, and get our minds and our hearts on the Word of God and loving one another, we're going to see the power of God move, and sickness, cancer, diseases, diabetes, whatever it is, has no place in the body of Christ. We allow it to come into the body of Christ. Because I knew I was going to literally finish this year with what I am going to be teaching on you, and I'm scratching the surface today, next week, and the week after, I'm getting deep with you. And we're going to move in a powerful way, and we're going to see God do miraculous things. This whole year, the enemy has attacked my family and my friends, trying to get me to disbelieve. And I am getting to a place right now that I laugh at the things that he does. It does not hinder me whatsoever. I believe in the healing power of God more than I ever have before today than I did yesterday. And I want you to understand that if we get our foothold again in the body of Christ, in the church, at Valley Community Church, and we get our foothold again on the truth of the Word of God, and we stop feeling rejected, and we stop feeling, and we feel like we're, and we know that we're accepted, and we begin to walk in a lifestyle that we've been learning in this series that closes out this year, we are going to see God do a miraculous thing. Your family, whether they're an atheist and they celebrate April Fool's Day, and they're in your family, in Jesus' name, next year, because you have literally come to a place and said, no more dishonor, nothing is going to hinder me from believing God's word, then I'm going to walk in this. Your family has no chance of rejecting Jesus. Amen. It's yours for today. So listen very closely. 
Jesus took seven curses away from us so that blessings could come to us. So let's talk about these seven exchanges. First of all, Jesus took away death so we could have life. Jesus died so we could have eternal life. Remember the story of Lazarus? Jesus said to Martha in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Huh? Though he may die, he, may, he shall live. Did you know that there will never, ever be a second in eternity that you're dead? In Hebrews 2, it says, the number one way the devil controls people is the fear of death. The fear of death caused Peter to reject Christ three times, but Jesus restored him. And you'll see in, in Peter's writings after, in, in the books that he wrote, you will see him talking about that, that he was delivered from the fear of death. See, the second you close your eyes here, you will be in heaven with your eyes open. The second you take your last breath, here is the second you take your first in heaven. When your senses dull here, they come alive there. You will never die because of what Jesus did. You live eternally. The second exchange is Jesus took our sickness so we could have health. Some people call it divine health. Scripture says divine. He bore our sicknesses by his stripes so that we can be healthy. The third exchange is Jesus was and took our rejection so we could have acceptance. We spent a lot of time on that. He took our rejection so we could have acceptance. The sky grew black on crucifixion day. Why? That's the day Father God turned his back on Jesus, his son. Jesus cried out. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, 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 lama thabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is the only time he called his father God. When God turned his back on Jesus, see, the exchange is this. God will never turn his back on you and me. God will never turn his back on you and me. The exchange is he turned his back on Jesus. Why? Because he took our sin. He took the curse. The Father cannot look upon sin. And he turned his back on Jesus. He took it upon himself so you and I can live in the blessings of Abraham. And the new covenant is that the curse has been removed from you and me, the body of Christ. The fourth exchange. Jesus took our poverty so we could have prosperity. Prosperity means having more than enough to do God's will for your life. Now, let me just tell you this. Prosperity just doesn't mean that you have millions of dollars, but could be. Amen, but could be. But there are two options or alternatives of God's prosperity. The first one is not enough, 
And the second one is barely enough. That's part of the curse. Jesus has exchanged that for you to have more than enough. Watch this for what God called you to do. The problem is a lot of Christians are spending all their prosperity on things God didn't call them to do. Are you still with me? Because through the point of feeling rejected, even though you're born again, you have a tendency to want to buy happiness. You struggle, you make decisions based upon hurt instead of based upon deliverance and blessing. And we go and we do the things that we do. So the question is, why does God want your cup to run over? The answer is, so others could be blessed through your life. Amen. Huh. Took my wife's car in this weekend um, to, the, to the shop and still under warranty and stuff. And so they're working on it, but they had to do something else. And called me up and said, uh, you know, can you keep the loaner car? I said, sure, I will. Okay, because of what happened to me, I still fight this. Because of what happened to me a long time ago, and they said, well, we're paying you a lot of money to drive that car. Remember the Jeep story? And so I exchanged the Jeep for a lesser because God told me, not because the guy said that, but because God told me to do it. He's still buried out back in the back parking lot. Anyways. <laughs> um, I, I'm the only one that can drive the loaner car, so I drove it in. It's, it's a brand new BMW SUV. So guess what? I didn't park it in my, my parking spot. I parked it. You walk out today, you're going to see it in the second spot. <laughs> you know, and I could say, well, I just didn't want to hear it. No, I just, you got a new car? No, I didn't. It's a loaner car. I still drive my car with 223,000 miles on it, and I love it. Amen. And, and, you know, you, you get to this place that, you know, the prosperity and people say, oh, how come you don't drive, you know, this? And how come you don't have 10,000 houses and all the different things? Bottom line, prosperity is about God will bless you in all things. All things. Everyone say all things. Amen. He will bless you in all things. The blessing comes because you have a heart to give it away. That's why you return your tithe. Because you know it's not yours. That's why you give above and beyond. That's why you give the toys. That's why you give the bikes. So this weekend, you're doing the angel tree. And uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids are being given gifts and everything. And you do that on the side. That's a marketplace. That's outside what we do in the ministry. If you have an abundance you want to give more, talk to her today. And you can give monies or, or toys for the angel tree. See, we must get to a place in our life that we become givers. Well, I don't have enough. That's part of the curse. You've been delivered from that. Ask the Lord what you need to do. Don't get quiet on me now. Because this is good stuff. Don't. All right, this is good stuff. God, Jesus, exchanged poverty to prosperity for you. You are a blessing to others. The fifth exchange, Jesus took our defeat so we could have victory. 
Jesus was defeated by the Jews, so victory is our birthright. They couldn't do it without his okay. But he did that so we could, in our birthright, we could have victory. The sixth is Jesus took our bondage so we could have freedom. He took our bondage so we could have freedom. And the seventh exchange is Jesus took our punishment so we could have peace. Jesus took 100% of the curse so we could have 100% of the blessing of God. Someone's got to say amen real loud on that. And we need to really begin to understand this is what it is. And during worship, because of what, I'm, I'm over there just bawling my eyes out because what God prophesied years ago is manifesting in front of our eyes at Valley Community Church regarding these songs. I'm bawling my eyes out because there is a realm of worship that is happening that Valley Community Church has never known. Valley Community has known music. They've known things, but they haven't known the power of worship like we know today. And I want to tell you, I've been here a long time. Long, long time. Not bad for being 30 years of age, huh? It's our birthright. Bottom line, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is that he took our sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ, he exchanged seven things so that we can walk in the blessings of those. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, and by his stripes we are healed. Not were or will be, We are healed, present tense. But here's the confusion. And we will talk about this until Christmas. The confusion is the way God heals is not always the same. In other words, it's not a cookie cutter. Some of you came, if some came to you with a handkerchief, you'd say you're weird. Because you've never done this. God didn't, didn't lay this on your heart. But here we have handkerchiefs that you see in Scripture that could become a religious rote, that could be something that's religious. Well, you can't be healed unless you have a handkerchief. It's not the handkerchief. It's the agreement fa- factor of faith in what Jesus did. There's no power in oil. And I'm sorry for those who are very religious in that area. I want you to just forgive me in advance for saying what I'm about to say. You could use mortar oil to anoint someone with oil. It doesn't need to be from underneath the River Nile, sucked out by some prophet, put in a a bottle, and sold for $100 to have power of healing. It is the ignition point. It is the literal, the word of God, the anointing with oil, is the ignition point. It is the faith point of you believing what Jesus did on the cross. Next week, we're going to give you a gift so that you can 
literally explode in your healing next week and explode in your ministry of healing next week. And when you walk in the door, it'll be given to you so that you can walk in the power of God. So the Lord heals different ways in accordance with the situation the person is in. I didn't say that things happen because of what the person decides. I'm saying the Lord works in all cases. He will work with you. I mean, how many of you love being led by the Holy Spirit? Okay. Do you know a prophet was led by a donkey? Amen. Why did God do that? Because the guy wasn't listening. Now, there are people, I'm sure, through the years, thousands of years, walking around looking for a donkey for God to speak to them because they read it in the Bible. If God wants to do it, he's going to do it, right? Because he will do it. Why? Because he loves you. He will come to you. He will speak to you. He will heal you. And there are many different ways that God will work. And the, and the, and the problem is, is that we want God to be a cookie cutter. We want God to just come in when we pray, okay, that's it. And the reality is that God heals in different ways in accordance with the situation with the person and the person that God does not use sickness to teach you or to guide you. If you think that, it's a lie from the pit of hell. But God will at times in your sickness that is happening in your body God will maneuver things and, and help you in that area. But sickness and disease, no evil comes from God. We'll get into that deeper later on. So we need to read some scripture to establish a biblical foundation on healing. So establishing a scriptural foundation for healing today in John chapter 14, verse 12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What I have done, you will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, explanation of that, greater works, as in that you're greater than Jesus, Greater works is more of us. We can go all around the world. Missionaries, church plants, whatever it is. And the word that we speak, greater works, more works, larger. So, okay, well, let's go on because we'll get that later. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, Here's the thing that I want to, to ask you. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Any of you believe in Jesus? Okay. So when he says, ask in Jesus' name, you go, cool. I'm there. Right? He said, all of you will do greater works than him. You must know this. What happened in Jesus' ministry was not just for him and his ministry. Here's the greatest difficulty my peers and many leaders in churches have. When they are assigned a title, they think it's their ministry. What did, what did Jesus do to restore Peter? 
feed my sheep, feed my lambs. You see, what Jesus did was for us. What you do is for others. Your ministry, everything that you do, from elders to pastors, you name it, it's for others. Not that others will tell you what to do. Amen. Well, you're an elder in church and you need to do this for me. What do I need to do? You need to go clean my house. No, it's just... You hear what I'm saying? It's that it's the attitude. It's the deliverance. It's the exchange. When we understand the exchange, then we begin, when we walk in these doors, we are concerned about one another. It's not that we know everybody's name. And we're concerned about one another. And when we pray, when the elders come up and pray, they're not praying because they're an elder, stick their hand in their pocket and pull out the oil and you got to twist it three times to open it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know. Because it becomes religion. Anything that we do can become religion because it's about me. But when we understand greater works we will do is because we understand we are the body of Christ. Because we are the body of Christ... (laughs) then we function with one another and for one another. It'd be pretty funny if my right leg wanted to go down that aisle and my left leg wanted to go down that aisle. You know what happened to me? I'd fall flat on my face right there because they're not in agreement. They're not submitting to the brain. They're not submitting to, you know, the muscles and the reality is, is, is what Jesus is saying here and what we're reading here is that we must recognize we're the body of Christ. And when we see the glory of the body of Christ and the power of the body of Christ, then when sickness or disease or demonic force wants to walk in, these, in, in this place, it cannot because the power of God will remove it. 1 Corinthians 12, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. So we're all led of God. What What does the Spirit do, Holy Spirit? He leads us to the Word of God. And when we stand in the Word of God, then we do this together. Notice gifts of healings are plural by the same Spirit. So here it is. This is what I want you to get today. The exchange that happened by Jesus taking the curse on the tree and release the seven to himself, curse, and release the seven blessings to us through the blood of Jesus Christ and our confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior Here it is. The body of Christ was designed to heal itself. Gifts, plural. Healings, plural. Why aren't everyone healed? Why isn't everyone healed? Because the body of Christ 
doesn't understand, we do this together. And when we don't do it together, we're always at odds, always struggling. I like Pastor Dan making the iced tea instead of so-and-so. I like his tea better. Who cares? The body of Christ is together. And we're here to bless one another and to honor one another. Hmm. Oh, but, but churches are good at slapping oil, throwing handkerchiefs, and nothing changes. Why? Because we've got to do this together. Are you with me on this? Okay. Remember how we have overcome the lie of unimportance? You cannot believe the healings that will manifest through you if you will only believe how important you are to those around you who are sick. The enemy wants you to feel rejected. You don't belong. You're not important. I'm not going to go over my messages again. Why? Because he knows if we come in agreement, you feel you are accepted. You know. Sometimes you don't feel accepted, but you are accepted. Sometimes you don't feel important, but you are important. Amen. And when we get to that place, when sickness arises up in the body of Christ, we clapped, we rejoiced with Debbie. We've been rejoicing with so many people. God's doing so many great things. But I want to say to you, you have such an ability to do great things in his kingdom. Because God on the cross, Jesus, took the curse and released the blessing to you. So give it away. You are a healer. Oh, don't walk out of these doors. And you on the computer listening, don't you shut it off right now. Because we're not Jesus. We're a son or a daughter of God who can do greater things as a church when we come together. Amen? And major part of that is healing. So you are a healer. Matter of fact, I'm going to explain it this way. You are a white blood cell in the body of Christ. <laughs> That's why honor is such a key. Let me just say this to you. I don't use this word, hate, very often. I hate dishonor. Dishonor will take me, my spiritual anger up above my head when I see dishonor. That's why we believe in one another. When the body disconnects, we cannot heal ourselves. Amen. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Church, don't look for snakes. That's weird. Sorry, when I see rattlesnake in my yard, 
he goes to rattlesnake heaven. When I see a regular snake, I'll pick it up and carry it out to a place where it can get away because he eats the mice around me. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover the body of Christ. One of the main ways we transfer this powerful anointing is we need to touch each other. I'm a hugger of people. I meet new people and I just hug them. I said, sorry, I'm a hugger. That's okay, I am too. So the question is, why isn't everyone healed? Next week we'll talk about that. But today, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask that we'd all stand. Pastor Dan, would you come up too? I have asked Pastor Dan to come up because Pastor Dan does what I ask any leader in churches around the world to be in the word to know the word to pray in tongues and to be ready on every given second he's not perfect he's getting close don't ask Keiko right what about me or about you no (laughs) no (laughs) you know and Lord really said to me be very bold and my personality I am bold been a leader all my life but I, I like I just like hanging out if you if you know people that play golf with me do you know whatever a lot of the guys that I mentor, you know I just like hanging out. We talk. We laugh. The, the reality is we have to get to a place. The reason why I asked Pastor Dan to come up, pray, is because I know if I need faith, there's going to be faith there. Amen. Not any better than anybody else. And the Holy Spirit told me to do that. That's why I sit there. If there's anyone that believes in the healing power of God, it's me. And I'm not saying that, you know, being bragging or anything like that. I'm just telling because I believe that. I've seen it. I experience it thousands of times. Disease is just wiped away immediately. Even I don't even have to touch people at times and just see it just disappear. skin diseases and rashes and, and stuff. But that's why I have him up here because I know at any given time, whether he's busy running around taking care of other stuff of the church, there's faith. There's other people I know in the body of Christ that if I call them, that they would drop everything 
to do what God's asking them to do. Ben's one of them. Oscar's one of them, all through the years. These guys have been faithful. I mean, I just go on, everybody, all of them. We have to get out of the place of when we become a body of Christ that really is the body of Christ, honoring, no dishonor, then when we call someone up, praise God. Praise God. We believe, we receive, we walk in agreement. Are you hearing the heart of God right now? Because there are times we are not healed because we measure what is said, what is done, what is not done, or what someone did 30 years ago. Instead of realizing Jesus Christ is the healer. And our faith point as a body of Christ is Jesus Christ. He took stripes. He exchanged he took the curse so we could have the blessing. So now you do greater works. You, the body of Christ, if you believe it, you will walk in this and everybody you touch will be healed. But especially you and me. Can you join hands together? We need to touch one another. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Just go ahead and close your eyes and just let me talk. The enemy has lied to you. You've done something wrong in the past and that's why you have it. You've eaten wrong in the past, and that's why you have this blood disease. You've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that. Has nothing to do with what you have done. Period. Has everything to do with not understanding the power of the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, you receive healing for your body. Father, I thank you that right now as we join hands, we are together. We honor one another. We are a blessing to one another because we are a blessing. And as we hold hands, as we are touching one another, in Jesus' name, be healed. present tense by Jesus stripes we are and we're healed in Jesus name I'm praying right now mental illness line up now in Jesus name all the snaps everything with the mind the brain whether it was induced by drugs whether it was induced by whatever in Jesus name that has nothing to do with the healing power of God right now today in Jesus name be well depression you are no longer a part of our lives 
the body of Christ rises up, rises up, and is well. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be well. Greater things will we do. Greater things will we do as we walk as the body of Christ. We honor one another. We love one another. We have compassion for one another. We lay hands on one another and we say, be well. Blood disease, you no longer are in control of the body of Christ. Arthritis, you are no longer in control of the body of Christ. Cancer, you're no longer in control of the body of Christ. Let us, Father, have an attitude and a heart to take who we are, what we have, out into the marketplace and to touch others with our gifts and our abilities. We give you honor and praise for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.